This is the Patriot Radio News Hour, brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group. For all your gold and silver buying needs, call them at 1-800-951-0592 or log on to allamericangold.com. Broadcast for Monday, May the 16th, 2016. Hey, it's Monday morning, Patriot Radio News Hour. Thank you for joining us today. The physical delivery of gold and silver is what we do, and it's as easy as giving us a call at one eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two, or go check us out online at allamericancold.com. Not only can you order online, but you can get the news to disturb the comfortable where we don't tell you what to think, but we certainly give you something to think about. This show is brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group and its CEO and owner. He's the man with, well, the skin in the game, the person who does all the research, puts money behind the show, and just brings you not what you want to hear, but what you need to know. Joe, how are you this morning? Joe, Happy Jacob. Monday. Yeah, it's yeah. A Monday, man. You know what? I, let's face it. Monday's probably the worst day of the week, wouldn't you say? If you're rating days of the week, Monday's probably last. It's probably the pinnacle of suck. <laughs> right. And then Tuesday, second to worst, Wednesday, Thursday. Well, let me tell you, I, I know people that um, uh, it, it, Mondays are so bad that their worst night of sleep is Sunday night because of stress and ready, it building up. And, you know, depending on the task and, and work for, or, you know, work they have to do on Monday, they struggle to sleep the night before Monday. <laughs> right. Okay, so I'm self-describing right. myself right now. <laughs> Tell us more about your personal sleeping uh, habits. Well, that's it right there. I'm telling you, Monday, Sunday nights are the you worst. You mean those, sleepy, those sleep beds don't uh, don't help you with the stress nah. of the Monday morning blues? Uh, speaking of Monday morning blues, there was a, a another flash crash, but this time it occurred in the Chinese markets. Uh, so to this morning, we're having the U.S. markets overcompensate the Dow. Well, I don't know if it's overcompensated, but the Dow's up 150 points. Really, I know other reason, other economic news of any sort that was really out. The only thing that was out today, uh, home builder sentiment, which is unchanged for the last four months in a row. Uh, the 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 big negative number is customer traffic. Uh, that's another one of these uh, 50 is the break. Anything above 50 is good. Anything below 50 is bad. Uh, current customer traffic was 44, which has been now for four or five months. Uh, but the home builders are optimistic, and that's how they get to, uh, I want to say it was the mid-60s, and the total report came in in the mid-50s. Uh, but it was essentially, for all practical purposes, absolutely unchanged. Uh, now for the fourth straight month in a row. And then really that was about the only economic data. Warren Buffett did come out and say that he bought a billion dollars of Apple stock. Uh, so that helped. What, uh, he leave, uh, I, I, I don't he know. leave some change in the pocket suit or something? <laughs> he was going through, uh, through, through his coat pockets and found an extra billion and d- decided to buy some Apple stock. Of course, Apple stock, you know, I saw... Hasn't it been on a rapid decline over the last yes, six months? Yes, Simply and so everyone has an iPhone. I don't upgrade the, yet. And and all the suppliers are the orders are way down, and all of those things. And and I want to say it's no longer the largest stock, at least by uh, market cap. I want to say Facebook or Google. I'm not sure one of the. I think one of they got passed by somebody because their stock has fallen. 
so much this year. Uh, but but really, the news was the flash crash that hit in China, and and of course here we want to pretend like it didn't happen because we don't want to get anybody to get nervous that uh, you know in a blink of a not even a blink. I don't know how fast an eye blinks. Is that faster than a electronic? I don't even know what to call it. Right, just a the data transfer where all of a sudden. Uh, a, a crash happens in a stock could go from a hundred dollars to ten dollars in in a nanosecond. Well, there you go, a nanosecond. Right. Is a blink of an eye. Uh, let me just put it this way: uh, when describing fast, quicker than the blink of an eye is probably used more than a nanosecond. Right, right, right. And this is uh, not even the six million dollar man would be able to outrun that. So, the uh, that's kind of the news of the morning. A lot of interesting commentary coming out over the weekend uh harry dent came out and of course now harry dent is the one who says hey the dow's going to four thousand five thousand uh i don't know where his gold call was gold 700 i haven't heard his new gold call uh talking about deflation he had a big article didn't talk about gold at all but he has now revised up the u.s debt and he actually went through 2022, uh, which would be 2023 in debt years, uh, upgraded his debt forecast to $31 trillion by 20, fiscal year 2023. And, I, and, you know, the realities are that's just simple math. You know, and you go through and you start looking at the economic model that this country's been on. We've been on this economic model since 1971, and and call it full-blown Keynesian economics, but you look at the growth rate of the United States debt, and you start just start taking it in in ten-year chunks, you know, so you can kind of see the evolution of our debt cycles, and and when you sit there and you try to forecast. You know what? What the next ten years and and Dent's actually only forecasting. Hey, this is what I see over the next seven years. Um, it's pretty easy to understand how we're going to get to where he's saying thirty-one trillion, and he's estimating a GDP of only sixteen trillion, or almost a two hundred percent debt to equity ratio. Which, you know, you look at. Japan, and that's the number they're at. You know, that did in Greece, right? Greece doesn't even run 200% debt to GDP ratios, but this is, these are all these numbers that when you start looking at them and you kind of scratch your head and say, how is this possible and how is all of this going to work? Uh, we're going to talk about that and a few other things when we get back. Paper Radio News Hour. Don't touch that dot. Welcome back, Patriot Radio News Hour. Happy Monday. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. That is how you get involved in physical delivery of gold and silver, legal, lawful, constitutional tender. The only thing that has been considered money for 5,000 years and when you start thinking about where we're heading, you know, you, you kind of 
look at where you've been to see where you're heading, and then you start thinking about, you know, everything's gone electronic. And and uh, the monetary system, the SWIFT monetary uh, system that all the banks of the globe use to transfer money from this location to that location, and, and you think about, you know, one of the things, you know that uh, one of the central banks got hacked through that system. Did you did you see that story? It was probably a week or two ago. 81, I want to say it was $81 million these hackers got. Uh, they hacked in to the New York Federal Reserve and the Swiss uh, electronic payment system and somehow got the, got the computers to send them $81 million and nobody's quite sure what happened. And then you start thinking about what would happen if someone hacked into the bank's electronic systems, and I don't know what you do to the the gigabytes or whatever it is that they call it, and I'm not a I'm not a techie guy, but if they just went to zero, how would you prove that you had them? That's a great question. How would you prove it? Let, right? me, let me let me let me throw this at you. All the debt that's out there, okay. They could say, the central bank could say, no, we're not in debt. We have this much money. Let's just give you an example, $2 billion, okay? But we were hacked and it was stolen. Prove that it wasn't. <laughs> right, right. Prove that it wasn't stolen. I don't know. I just, just I mean, something. I mean, they won't let you audit. So how do you audit whether or not they're, they're saying they were hacked or weren't hacked? How do we know they were really hacked? That's a, you know what that is a great question. Maybe they. Were. How, how do I know at Home Depot was really hacked? How do I know that all of last over the last year the data breaches that have been done for Home Depot? Remember Home Depot? That was a big one. Well, they you, got breached and everybody. But how do we know it was really breached? How do you prove it? I they don't know. just write I it off know. as you know what we took a financial loss. I don't know. You know, because for somehow, somehow, you know, they can say they lose $80 billion in business or $80 million in business. There's no verifying whether they lost it or didn't lose it. Who's the person that's going in there and auditing them? Because I'm telling you what, at the higher level with the, with the, the central you, bank, you, you cannot think, audit no. them. I guess my point would be, based on all the hacking, for lack of, I guess, because that's, that's what they call it, all the hacking that's been going on in the world. Mm-hmm. Right? You would think that the bank is like, you know, this system isn't very safe. It's a whole. It's got to be a whole lot more damaging for someone to electronically go in and hack these banks for billions and mi- millions and billions of dollars than ever could have ever been done through like counterfeiting or forgery or any of the reasons why they give you that they want to end cash. Right. 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 Wouldn't you think? Well, here's the other thing that I find interesting. All the hacking is done. I mean, l- let me put it this way. The majority, when it's reported. <laughs> Be careful. Yeah, I know. When it's reported, a lot of the time it's from Northern Europe, Russia. It's the Russians, right? They're the ones who Or the Chinese. Hacking. And when did they become technically high elite <laughs> hackers? I don't know. But to me, it's really easy to say, oh, we were breached, we were hacked, we lost all this money that they lost at the football game. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You know? I mean, I put it on red and it came up black. Exactly. I, you know, it, it's a tough thing to verify, you know. And I'll just tell you this. Um, if there are cyber thefts happening, online cyber theft happening, 
if it, if if a team was proficient at stealing money, okay, they would be proficient at not getting caught. Well, now tell me, tell me when you've read Cyber Team was busted, <laughs> right? In jail right now. This group of of cyber hackers, cyber so criminals. Tell me when they've ever been caught. We're gonna send them to Guantanamo. That's tell me when they've ever been caught. Uh, I don't know. Just so, I don't know. I don't even know how we got talking about it, but. But I was watching Murder She Wrote, and apparently <laughs> CSI or one of those uh, police shows that uh, yes, the whole global financial system. You know, and I always view this hacker. You know, you know, you have that picture in your head of what a hacker would look like, and I always got this. In, at least in my some young kid, right? That's in the basement of their parents' house. That's kind of my my. Uh, picture of what a hacker is when Listen, I think if, of hackers. If you've ever watched the television show Big Bang Theory, yes, those characters are it. Those are them. You the know, geeks. the Gen X, or what, what do we call them now? Millennials. Millennials, you know, wearing their hooded sweat jacket, their van shoes, and, you know, just the tightest clothes you can wear, like the kids <laughs> are wearing these days, and they're taking your money all at the leisurely move of a click and point and click. There you go. How about that? How about that? So anyway, the what we're talking about before the break, talking about where where is this really going? I mean, we're we're sitting in this this cycle and if you really look at the last 16 years, right? The Nasdaq still below its all-time high. The Dow at 17,000 was supposed to be near 40,000 right now, right? The NASDAQ was supposed to be probably, you know, 10, 15,000, maybe 20,000 right now. You know, and this was, this was what the economic blueprint that was formulated where they created, all of a sudden, we got rid of the notion of limited government. And we bought into the notion, and you know, you go back to like Adam Smith and the Invisible Hand, and all of the economic models that that uh, came before it. And we decided when the first Great Depression happened, we decided that we wanted to increase the role of the government. I mean, that's essentially what happened. You know, FDR came out with all of these these social, let's call them what they are, welfare-type programs. And we had decided to buy into the Keynesian economic theory. Notice I said the word theory, right? Is this some guy just, obviously, what? I, let's, let's give him credit, a very intelligent individual who said, hey, during tough times, it's okay for the government to pick up the slack. You know, one of his famous quotes was, it's okay for the government to employ people to dig a ditch and then have that same person fill the ditch up. As long as we're, you know, making money, right? The, the guy's collecting a paycheck to help the economy out until such a time we actually need an actual ditch. 
And and then you think about the other part of that was, hey, during the good times, though, you need to pay it back, right? That was kind of the part of of his model that we've forgotten about. And, of course, when Richard Nixon closed the gold window in 1971, one of the things that he proclaimed is we're all Keynesians now. And really what he meant by that, and we didn't know it at the time, was we had entered into a whole new era where big government was going to now essentially come in and and form a new type of economy. You know, capitalism is gone, and we're going to enter into a new managed economy. Right, everything that we have now managed by the central banks and central planning, and you think about all the programs that have come since then. Right, the NAFTAs and the GAF and all the free trade agreements, the open borders and the reluctance uh, to to I guess have sovereignty, and we've gotten rid of all the tariffs and and really when you think about it, between tariffs and business, that used to be how government got funded. Now the tariffs are gone, and every time you turn on the idiot box, they're telling us how businesses are overtaxed, right? And if we just uh, tax them less, that somehow we'd have this economic miracle, and yet they they don't tell you that the tax rate for businesses has decreased significantly. I mean, you're talking about half of what it was before 1971. And the thing that you realize is the only thing that we've really created is a system where now all of a sudden the government is picking winners and losers. The deficits have spiraled out of control. You think about we haven't run a budget surplus, and I know they pretended that we did during the you know a couple of years during Clinton using the fake numbers, the actual numbers. We actually have not run a single surplus since the late 1960s. You know, when you go back and you look at our nation's history, even up through World War II and after World War II, we ran almost as many years with surpluses as we did deficits outside of the war years. You know, if you take out, you know, the four or five years of World War One and World War Two, uh, even go back to uh, the War of 1812, and of course those numbers were much smaller than they are today. But we ran almost as many surpluses as we did deficits in this country. You know, that's why I said in you know, 1971, the deficit was only $400 billion. Right? We run pretend deficits now that are more than that. Because they don't want to tell you us the real number. Even the fake numbers are more than that in a single year. You know, when you think about in the decade of the 70s, the debt doubled from $400 billion to $800 billion. Then from the 80s to 90s, it doubled again, and actually a little more than doubled. 
from the 90s to the 2000s, it doubled again. You know, now we're sitting, you know, at, you know, 2000 at a deficit of just under $6 trillion. And then from from 2000 to 2010, now, now you know, do you think about when Obama came into office, what was that, oh, seven, is it eight? Whatever year that was, right? And the deficit was $10 trillion. You know, we got to almost another, a little more than doubled again, and more than doubled from 2000 to 2010. And then you think from 2010 to, to 2020, we're going to have the debt double again. And you kind of get the picture, right? Every decade, it doubles and then doubles again. It doubles and then doubles again. And we're sitting here, and we still got, you know, we're in fiscal year 2016, we still got 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020. We've got five years left. And the problem is, is now the double is becoming one and a half times. Right? We're not just doubling. We're doubling plus a half. Right? We're, we're having deficits, and, and, the, and it's starting to grow. You know, by 2020, the decade from 2020 to 2030, probably gonna instead of trouble it's probably gonna triple and and you see that that a decision that had been made decades ago and how it's playing out and the effect and the ramifications it's gonna have on all of us we're gonna talk about that part next I was just thinking during the break. You know what else has disappeared? We can't leave this debt to the grandchildren. Right? Didn't they, you used to say that all the time, and now you don't hear it. You know why? Because it's already here. Right? And, and now the only debate is who are the grandchildren? Right? Are the grandchildren the baby boomers? Are the grandchildren Gen X? Are the grandchildren the millennials? I think that's really the the debate. I, I would say this. The boomers, they probably got the best deal. right? They, they're, they're going to, to come out of this the best because most of the boomers now are getting into the retire I've already hit retirement age or are getting right on the cusp of retirement age and and uh people seem to think you know and this is another thing we can just learn from recent history everybody in America thinks well we won't take the money from the old people right you know we we got to figure out a way to to if we're going to get the money, somehow get it from the younger generation. Just go look at Greece. They took it from everybody, and they're still taking it. And this is the lesson that's going to be learned all across the developed world in the next five to ten years. You know, you start looking at, at these trends, and they're so easy to see. Right, we we we've got. Not only did we run up all of this debt to quote unquote help the economy. Think about where we'd be 
how bad would it be without the extra $800 billion that we're going to spend this year that we didn't have? So think about the federal government, and and they spend about $4 trillion. So that you know, you look at the the GDP of America somewhere, you know, sixteen, seventeen thousand, or thousand, seventeen trillion. You know, maybe they say eighteen trillion. I'm not really, you know, who knows? The government kind of massages it all. But if twenty five percent of that number is the government, and that number keeps growing, at what point? Do you reach, you know, that critical mass where without the government there is no economy? You know, when you start thinking about how this this country was founded, which was the best way to have the strongest economy in the world is limited government and sound money. Those were the two things. Limited government, sound money. And by sound money, what the founding fathers meant was something you couldn't create out of thin air. <laughs> something that that had been money for thousands and thousands of years. People had to go in the ground to get it. The government couldn't just decide one day, hey, you know what, we're going to spend an extra $100 billion. Because it didn't exist. The central bank, let's face it, for a lot of this country's history, we didn't have one. And you know what? It worked just fine. And now we're sitting here and we're looking at at where we are today. Instead of, you know, you think about the path we are on. If we're 200 years. We only racked up $400 billion. You know, you think about, okay, $400 billion divided by 200 years. You know, it's maybe a couple billion dollars a year. Right? I mean, that's just, you know, my public school education coming out of me. $2 billion a year over 200 years. That's a pretty strong statement of the the power of limited government and sound money. And if you took out some of the, you know, those war years, you really have a, a budget or a deficit of almost nothing. <laughs> and you think about the glory days of America. Nobody that I know says the glory days of America were the 70s. Or the 80s. Nobody says the glory days of America were the 90s. And obviously it goes without saying. It obviously hasn't been this century, this millennial. And then you think about what we have done, you know, just in, in, well, since we decided we no longer wanted to believe in limited government and sound money. We've added $19 trillion in 
45 years. And, and really, when we get to 50, when we get to 50, the number is going to be about $30 trillion. And you think about for 200 years, we operated within $2 billion of what we took in as far as government went. And the last 45, now let's call it, you know, let's foreshadow here the next five years. In the 50 years since then, our new economic model was to add $600 billion a year. And you think about uh, the proje- you know projections of $31 trillion by 2022. So let's call it $30 trillion, give or take, by, by 2021 to give us our 50 years. So we went from $2 billion a year in deficit to $600 billion a year in deficit. And by the way, there hasn't been a world war during that time. We went through two world wars during the first 200 years. And the problem is, when you look at the number, it's only getting bigger. You know, you start taking, you, you take the last 10 years. You just take Obama's term in office. He's coming up on the end of his his presidency. And by the time he's done, we'll have added $10 trillion, making maybe $11 trillion in eight years. And then you start to understand why it is nothing feels the way they say it should. Patriot Radio News Hour will be back after the break. 800-951-0592. This is the financial engineering they've given us. You know, and think about what we've lost during this time. You know, when you sit there and you think about, what was it, something like five or six people working for every one person getting Social Security. Right now we're now down to less than three people working for to, to for every one person taking. You think about what the the the, the amount of people that were on food stamps it's gone up tens of billions of people since then. You know, when you look at all the 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 blow up of all these welfare programs that we've created. You know, you start thinking about not just Social Security, but Medicare, uh, really Medicaid. Uh, you think about food stamps and all of these things that we've added. And let's face it, countless, countless programs where the government now just essentially gives handouts. And then they, you know, the, the funny thing is, is they, pro- they we try to pretend that it's prosperity. And sooner or later, they always say, well, sooner or later, someone's going to actually have to 
write the check, pay the tab. And they used to always talk about, and I remember like Bob Dole when he was running and talking about we can't give this, you know, put this on the grandchildren and all this stuff. And, and now you, you sit there and you start thinking about all the recessions that we've had. And really, I mean, before we went to this financial engineering, even when we had limited government, every seven years or so you'd get a recession. And then you'd come out of it. And you think about all the recession since this great financial engineering. Right, because they the whole thought was we can manage these things better. Right? We don't need capitalism. What we need is big government. We don't need sound money. What we need is the ability to print unlimited amounts of money. I mean that's that's the that's the trade that we made, whether we knew it or not. That was essentially what we were trading. You know, and I refer to that Richard Nixon speech when he addressed the nation in 71, because essentially that's what he was saying. He didn't say it like that. You know, the one the one line that I used over and over again, which was the one thing that, that he said, here's why it'll be okay. Yep, we're giving up on capitalism. We're also giving up unlimited government. We're giving up on those things. That's that's essentially what they did. Gold standard is gone for everybody. Nobody can now redeem U.S. treasuries for gold. And fiat money and big government was going to take over in central planning. But the one thing that Nixon said in that speech was, here's the one reason why it's going to be okay. As long as Americans buy American, it really doesn't matter. And he had a point to that. Right? We were going to be the world's producer, which we were at the time. And Americans were going to build American-made products bought by Americans. But what we what we come to find out really happened, and of course, let's face it, what followed that inflation came because people knew, wow, that you're going to have fiat money backed by nothing, and you're going to have a printing press and the ability to print as much as you want. It's probably not going to be that valuable. And then this to justify all of this inflation, this uncontrollable power, we started to have to give stuff away, right? We start, we had to give it away, get the rest of the world to buy in. Started giving away our jobs, started to give away our industrial might. Didn't happen overnight. But make no mistakes about it. We didn't start giving it away in the 90s. We started giving it away long before that. Right? You think about the 80s was the the, the Japanese invasion. 
right, and all the, the cars and the electronics and all of those things, and it went right on through to where we sit today. And and this is really the, the economic model that they put us on. And we talk about it all the time, about what do you do when half of the country is getting a check from Uncle Sam? And pretty soon you start to realize that there's not enough people working and working for a decent wage to support all the debt that they've created. We've created so much government intervention, and we've created no one who would have dreamt. Could you imagine going back to 1971 and and saying to people in 1971, hey, do you know by 2016 the deficit's going to, sometime in 2016, early 2017, the deficit's going to hit $20 trillion? Right? No one would have believed you. The only ones that thought that were the right-wing, wacko, tinfoil, helmet-wearing people. Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment coming up. Welcome back. Patriot Radio News Hour. Before Joe... Winds it down for you. I want to give a big shout-out to uh, the kids in our neighborhood up there in Anthem, Boulder Creek uh, High School's volleyball team won the state title this weekend. The boys did, yeah. The boys did, yeah. And there's a few of the boys on the team there that we coached when they were in the High Desert Little League back in uh, the day there. We had uh, Liam Santa Cruz. We had Bryce Whitman. There's some kids on that team. Why don't you uh, name-drop it? Yeah, I'm name-dropping, man. So congratulations to those boys up there at Boulder Creek High School. A little shout-out to the kids that... Uh... Well, unfortunately, they're going to have to figure out a way to pay all this debt off. I don't know how it's going to happen. Uh, the, the, you know, when you think about what, what does that all mean? What does twenty trillion dollar debt mean? What does forty trillion dollars mean? And and really, what we're seeing is the 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 destruction, and in the destruction that used to be the great middle class of the United States. Well, they're also creating a, I'm looking at a headline here, they're also creating a new bank. It's called the Bank of Mom and Dad. <laughs> because you know what? To buy a house today for these kids growing up, they're going to buy anything. Very, it doesn't matter. They're going to need money from right. mom and pop. And, 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 it, and it's one of those things where, let's face it, mom and pop don't have it. Half, a, half of mom and pops out there don't have it. So where are they going to turn to? And this is really... What what ultimately is going to happen? This is why when you sit there and you you think about owning gold and owning silver, really all you're doing is saying, you know what? Okay, I see where the numbers are going. It's pretty obvious, pretty solid trend here when you talk about what's happened over the last forty five years. I better put some things away to hedge myself when all of this becomes undone. Because like I said, this is a race to the bottom. All of the currencies of the industrialized world are all trying to devalue at the same time. And the bottom line is, no one can do it fast enough. Japan can't do it fast enough. Europe can't do it fast enough. We can't do it fast enough. But then one day, 
And this is how most of it always happens. Like a blink of an eye. So the nanobite, the nanosecond. You wake up and the flash crash turned out to just be the crash. And it happens just that quickly. And that's why you got to prepare. You got to be ready. You got to have that insurance in place. Uh, today's special U.S. $20 gold pieces. They're going to be 1450 bucks. So you're going to save 30 bucks today when you call 800 951 If that's more than you have, don't forget to check out the Patriot Preferred Metals Program. I mean, you can start getting prepared for as little as $100 a month. There is no maximum. You can do as much as you want. You want to do 500 a month, 1000 a month, whatever that is. And then every quarter, we're going to physically ship you your gold and your silver. And the best part is, is not only am I going to build your portfolio personally, but you're going to have all of that money pooled together and you get to buy at the cheapest prices possible because you're buying at the, the maximum volume discounts. So we got you covered one way or the other. Just call us, 800-951-0592. Homer and I will be back tomorrow. Everyone have a great rest of your Monday. 